Well, greetings, brothers and sisters in Christ, and also greetings to those who are joining us online right now. You know, it's a great privilege for me to preach at Wine Weekend today. You know, since the start of 1st July this year, you know, my portfolios has expanded beyond just the children ministry and the between ministry. I'm also now the pastor overseeing the youth ministry as well. Now, I want to thank Pastor Adrian, who has given pastoral oversight to our youths over the past six years. Now, he has laid the foundations for me to take on the baton from him as the new next-gen pastor. So this year, Wine Weekend is also very special because we are celebrating YM's 20th anniversary since Wine was formed from the old Sunday school and the Methodist Youth Fellowship back in 2003. And this weekend, you know, as you can see, we have our youth serving across all our seven services. You know, yesterday at the Saturday service, later on at the prayer and praise services, and and all the four traditional services as well. We want to thank the youth worship team here. You know, they are actually going to serve at all the four traditional services today as well. You know, at this, yes, let's thank them. <laughs> you know, they woke up very early, you know, they started prep from like 6.30 onwards here. So at this point of time, the youth comm has also produced a 20th anniversary video of our youth ministry. So let us now look to the screen for this video. It would be one night at a sub-ministry retreat where the ushers went through an exercise of affirming each other's strengths and gifts. That night, I saw the power of words to build up and encourage, to instill confidence in the shyer and quieter ones, and to light up genuine smiles. During my time at YM, I found God, I found my small group, and I even found my wife. And many of the youths and leaders who I met at YM still remain a very important part of my life. Some are still close friends, and some are even colleagues. And these are the same people who've prayed and journeyed with me all these years. It was only when I was 16 years of age that I signed up for my first YM camp, and this was back in 2005. I remember the camp speaker challenged us to surrender our lives fully to Jesus Christ. Not 90% of our lives, but our full, complete, 100% devotion. At that point, I was thinking I had my own dreams for my own future. And then I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart at that moment. I was afraid that if I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ, will I have no more control of my future? I eventually responded, and I took that step of faith forward to respond to the altar call. 
As the church talks about inclusivity, I really hope for YM to become an inclusive community where not a single person will feel left out, excluded, unwelcome or out of place. I hope that every youth that steps into YM will leave having experienced the love of God in a deeply personal way, be it through the Word, through worship, serving, prayer, or even being part of a community that journeys together. The ministry belongs to the youth, and they will eventually take over the ownership from their leaders at the appropriate time. My hope is that YM can be a place where the youth can feel belong to with their peers, find nurturance for their faith, and be given opportunities to serve and own the ministry for themselves. Thanks to God for 20 years of His faithfulness. And we want to thank you know, the YMCOMS team also for producing this wonderful video for us. Yes, let's thank them. You know, they work very hard in you know, putting this video and you know, doing all the interviews as well. You know, we want to give thanks to God because if not for all the faithfulness of all the past pastors, staff and leaders who have laid the foundations for each generation to continue. You know, after these 20 years, we've actually seen the fruits of the ministry you know, many of our former youths and leaders have become, you know, serving as pastors today. Some are serving as church staff. Some are serving as missionaries. And also doing, many are also doing good work for God in the private and the public sector today. You know, a fun fact, you know, in the video just now that we, we saw, the soundtrack of that song was, the music was actually, the song was actually composed by one of our YM worship leaders, you know, many years ago. So that's really something we want to give thanks to God for as well. No, with that said, at this point of time, let me invite one of our youths who will be reading the scripture passage to us. Let us welcome Benjamin Locke, who will read today's passage. 1 Timothy 4, verse 12 and 15 to 16. Verse 12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Verse 15 to 16. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them, so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. This is the word of the God. This is the word of God. Thanks, Ben, for reading God's word to us. Let me open us in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we listen to your word for us today, may you open our hearts to you and allow your living word to come alive in our hearts. Will you hide me behind your cross as I share your word, and may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, this epistle in First Timothy was written by the Apostle Paul, who invested in Timothy's life, who was a young pastor at that point of time. You know, he was an example of someone who laid the foundation for the next generation. You know, the Apostle Paul encouraged Timothy to not look down on his youth, but to set an example, to model his faith to the believers around him. You know, whenever someone asks me if there's any characters in the Bible that I can relate to, you know, Timothy is actually the first name that comes to my mind. You know, Timothy was raised in a godly home where he was taught the Holy Scriptures from his mother Eunice and his grandmother Louis. You know, this discipleship at home was the foundation that likely led to Timothy to serve as a pastor that day, one day. You know, likewise, I was born in a third-generation Christian family. You know, I shared this at the prayer and praise services, at the intergen service. 
Now, my maternal grandparents, my parents are Christians who are worship, who worship at Wesley Methodist Church. You know, as you can see in the photo there, my late grandmother was a Sunday school teacher at our children's ministry. Uh, my late grandfather, you know, he was an usher at this 7.30 traditional service as well. You know, my dad also used to serve as one of the zone leaders in the small group ministry. You know, as you can see in the baptism photo, you know, that was me, I was baptized as an infant. I grew up here in the Sunday school, and later I served as one of the youth leaders in YM as well. And if you see the other photo there, that's uh, my first church camp in Wesley, and I was only one year old at that point of time. So you can see, you know, Wesley Methodist Church played a, a foundation in my Christian faith growing up. And not just like how Timothy, who had a Paul to mentor him. You know, I too had pastors, leaders who mentored me, journeyed with me when I was growing up as a youth and a youth leader in YM. You know, all of us, we need mentors like Paul, like Eunice, like Lewis in our lives. Godly people who will invest in the next generation. You know, there's this saying, it takes a village to raise a child. And likewise, Wesley Methodist Church is also like this village. You know, village that comprising of different generations. You know, whatever life stage we may be in, we all can play our part in laying the foundations for lifelong discipleship. You know, I remember a closed-door conversation that the Methodist pastors had with one of our cabinet ministers a few years back. A gist of what this minister was saying, you know, Singapore is described as a secular society. And secular in our Singapore context does not mean there is no religion, but it means that it doesn't get its influence primarily from any one religion. So such a secular society values are made up with the primary values of the entire nation. So because of that public space, you know, it cannot be defined by one religion alone. We cannot expect a secular government to take a position for or against because one religion says so. In the end, you'll be decided by the prevalent morals of society. And this minister went on to say, if we observe even the age 25 and below today, we see a changing landscape. No, we cannot expect a democratic government to provide the fencing. But he said this that struck me. And this is where the church comes in. And in our context, our children ministry, our between ministry, our youth ministry, the youth leaders, even beyond just the next-gen ministry, because all of us here as Christian parents, we have a part to instill the values that we believe in. A secular government cannot do that. But we can. We can model our faith for the next generation. And this is where real discipleship takes place. Because if the church is not doing that, this could happen as described in Judges chapter 2, verse 10 to 12. Let me read this passage to us. After that, a whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors. Another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. Now let us allow that passage to just sing in for a while. Because this too can happen to us. You know, if we are not doing our part, you know, we can lose an entire generation. So the next question I have for us is, what can we do about it? 
And this is why we need to lay the foundations for lifelong discipleship. You know, back in 2012, I led a group of youths to a trip to Kathmandu, Nepal. You know, we spent about a week at this village up in the mountains. And one of our tasks there was to help build the extension of a Methodist church there, as part of it had collapsed from an earthquake. You know, I still remember the scene where the entire church family, including you know, the district superintendent, the pastor, the leaders, the members were all involved together in building the extension of the church. You know, some members were cleaning the bricks, you know, some was mixing the cement, some were carrying the sand and the rocks. You know, just like in Wesley Methodist Church, you know, we are like one family with different roles, different responsibilities. We have pastors, the staff, the leaders, the grandparents, the parents, the uncle, the aunties. You know, all of us have a part to play in laying that foundation to build God's kingdom. So let me share three discipleship lessons for us today on how we can practically lay the foundation for lifelong discipleship. First, we can lay the foundations by creating opportunities for our young to encounter God. Second, we can lay the foundations by modeling our faith to the young. Thirdly, we can lay the foundations by investing in the next generation. Let me start with the first lesson here. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 to 9, you know, Scripture says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. You know, here God instructed the Israelites to constantly talk about our Creator God, to love Him with all our hearts, soul, and strength, to impress them on their children, to explain to them to remember who God is, using symbols, visual reminders, so that we will not forget our Creator God. And that's what the Israelites have always been doing. And that's how they educate, how they lay the foundation of their understanding of God to the next generation. No, we too, we can facilitate that as well. No, we can create opportunities for our young to encounter God. You know, when our youths encounter God, they not only know God intellectually, they come to be amazed of the greatness of God in their own lives. And this leads them to live a life transformed for Christ, as described in our YM vision, where we aspire our youths to be transformed for Christ. Only God can transform hearts. But we can do our part in facilitating that. The youth leaders, our between and CM teachers, will do their part in our contact time with them through our weekly services, the small group time, the ministry events. For the parents here, if you have youths in our ministries, I'd like to encourage you to really release them, allow our youth to allow them to participate in our ministry initiatives because these are the platforms for them to learn, to grow in their Christian faith. You know, over the years, I have seen, I have heard of many youths who have encountered God in a very powerful way. Many of their experiences of God can be, you know, through the camps. You know, in between, we have our Just As I Am, Jaya Camp, or even at our YN camps. 
You know, at this point of time, I want to make a special call for all parents, even youths who are listening to this message. You know, this year YM Camp is going to be very special. We hope to make this camp accessible to all YMers, all youths, all YM leaders, past and present, to be part of this milestone camp. Because there's no other way to start this milestone YM camp. You know, right here at Wesley Methodist Church. I'd like to encourage you if you have youths between the age of 14 to 23 to save the date today from 16 to 19 of December. You know, many times we have our wine camps either at the off-site somewhere else or last year we held it overseas. But this year we intentionally hope to make our church the place where we worship God every week to be that camp experience for our youth. The experience of God do not need to come through, you know, just a camp overseas or off-site. When the people of God come together, you know, we can experience God as well. So at this point, I'd like to encourage you to you know, scan this QR code and see on the screen you know, you can indicate your interest even to serve along with us or you want to be updated of what this YM camp is going to be. You can also indicate interest for your, your youth to you know, sign up for this camp. You know, this year, we're going to use this milestone camp to be a platform where all our youth can re-envision to discern where God is leading us as an entire youth ministry in the next 20 years ahead. You know, over the last 20 years, we have seen YM camp that's that catalyst for our young to encounter God and to be transformed for Christ. You know, in fact, I wouldn't be here today, if not even for my own life-transforming experience I had with God at a YM camp, you know, when I was just 16 years of age, as shared earlier in that video. You know, ever since that YM camp, when I gave my life to God, you know, I found this newfound passion to live my life for Christ. And I know many others whose lives have been transformed through our YM camps over the years as well. Secondly, we can lay the foundations for lifelong discipleship by modeling our faith to the young. You know, as read earlier, the Apostle Paul encouraged Timothy to model his faith. We need to set an example for the believers, whatever age you may be. You know, Paul listed down five areas of life in which we should model our faith. First, in speech, which implies that our words should always be honest and loving to one another, you know, where we speak the truth in love. Second, in conduct, it suggests that our lives are guided by the Word of God. Third, in love, it points to the motivation of our lives, where we love God and love others. Fourth, in faith, it implies that we trust God and are faithful to Him. And faith and love often go together, and faith always leads to faithfulness. And lastly, in purity, it is important as we live in this fallen and sinful world, we need to keep ourselves pure in mind, heart, and body. So if we desire to lay the foundations for lifelong discipleship, we need to set an example for the next generation through our lives. We need to be diligent. We need to watch our lives. We need to ask ourselves, are we living it out with our words and actions as well? Are we being consistent with our priorities? For example, when the school exams are coming, do we tell our children not to attend church so that they can have tuition on a Saturday afternoon when there are YM services? You know, if we truly desire to impart godly values to the next generation, 
know, the saying is so true, and I remember Pastor Chinam also mentioned this at the service last week. The values we impart is caught more than taught. Let me repeat this. The Christian values that we impart is caught more than taught. It is easy to say and tell our young people, these are the values we need to hold on to. But to inventory lay the foundational values of character into someone's life, we need to first model out these values in our own lives, in our household, in how we interact with our friends, in our community, in our workplace, for those in schools as well. You know, 11 years ago, I was just starting out serving in full-time ministry. I was a very young youth worker here in Wesley Methodist Church. I recall one day, I had to meet up with the pastor overseeing YM at a point of time. And till today, you know, I remember what he said to me. He said, you know, Ben, I believe in you. I believe in your core and your gift things. You know, he continued to affirm me. He continued to mentor and journey with me over the years. You know, I saw firsthand his life as a pastor. I saw how he modeled servant leadership to me. You know, I saw his strengths. I saw his challenges. You know, I saw how real, how authentic he was. You know, he also later on officiated my wedding and continued to journey with my wife and I, even till today. You know, if you haven't guessed yet, you know, this pastor is actually none other than our pastor in charge, Pastor Raymond Fong. You know, 12 years ago, he was just a new pastor and he was overseeing YM at that point of time. But, you know, besides Pastor Ray, if you know, Pastor Gladwin also played an important part of my life. This was even further back in 15, 16 years ago. Pastor Glad, at that point, he was serving as one of our pastoral team members in the youth ministry. At that point, I was just starting out as a young youth leader. You know, he, was, he mentored me for a season. You know, he discerned with me when I was wrestling with God to discern whether I should go serve God in a full-time ministry. You know, many years later, you know, today, three of us, Pastor Ray, Pastor Glad, and myself, you know, we are serving together again, but now as fellow pastors in Wesley. And why I'm sharing this with us? Because I too want to model our faith to the next generation. And that's something what I hope all of us can do as well. You will never know the impact you can make to someone when you model your faith, when you invest in their lives. And it's where I'll come to the third lesson here. We can lay the foundation for lifelong discipleship by investing in the next generation. This is where I hope we can learn from the, this model from the Apostle Paul who wrote this to Timothy. If you read later on in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, he said this to Timothy. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. You know, here the Apostle Paul is like the spiritual grandfather. You know, he is mentoring Timothy who is learning from him. No, Timothy was learning from him. But you know, it doesn't just stop there. Paul challenged Timothy to entrust what he had learned to other reliable people as well. You know, this is like the third generation here. The faithful and reliable people who can pass on to the next generation of full crisis. And that's the rest to the others. You know, that's really the vision. That is the goal of discipleship. A disciple who makes disciples, who will make other disciples, who will make more disciples. If you notice, it's a multiplication effect. If you think about it, the reason why you and I are in church today is because someone discipled someone who discipled someone who eventually discipled the one who discipled you or someone who led you to church. 
You know, Heart of God Church released this 20 years anniversary book called Generations. You know, the average age of this church is around 23 years of age. They have an average attendance of 5,000 worshippers weekly. And Christianity Today featured an article about this church at the start of this year. And this was the headlines. To keep the Gen Zs in the pews, one Singapore church let them run the services. You know, although we cannot follow exactly what Heart of God Church is, you know, they have a very different culture from us. But there are some principles that we can learn from this book that I'd like to share with us here today. You know, Pastor How, the founder of the church, said this, Generations is not just reaching my generation or even the next generation, but it's reaching many generations. He went on to say this, You know, youth are leaders today not just tomorrow. You know, sometimes we call our youth as the next-gen leaders. But, you know, in fact, they are actually leaders today. They are leaders serving with different leadership influence in different areas that, that God has placed them in. He went on to say that youth need to be invited, included, involved, before they can be influenced and impacted. But, you know, often we try to impress in vain. You know, if you babysit the youths, you know, you will get babies. But if you lead the youth, you get leaders. And that is why he said that they have 14-year-olds leading other 13-year-olds who are leading other 12-year-olds. They have 13-year-olds planning, running youth camps for hundreds. 14-year-olds as sound engineers operating a professional concert-grade soundboard. They have 15-year-olds and media directors coordinating 16 professional live feed cameras. You know, when we start believing in our hearts, in the heart of hearts that youth are leaders now, it will translate into massive application implications. At the same time, they are mentored by others a few life stages ahead of them. You know, we need to see that generations are not replacements. Generations are reinforcements. Nobody is replaced. It is the younger people rising up, serving and leading alongside the other generations, not replacing them. You know, that's why I'm so very encouraged today to see our young you know, serving alongside you know, some of the older ones here today. It's having layers and layers of leaders serving God at the same time. Nobody's being replaced. And this is why we need to lay the foundation. We need to leave a legacy for the next generation. You know, Bishop Bronner shared from this book, Legacy is not what you have achieved, but what you set in motion. He went on to say that the everlasting God has a timeless plan and we are just a speck in eternity, given the privilege of stewarding his purpose and passing the baton to the next generation. You know, one of our local Christian articles called Thirst.sg featured a message by Pastor Edmund Chan who shared with a group of youth pastors and leaders on how we can invest in the next generation. You know, he shared these four points which resonated deeply with me. He said this, when we mentor youths, we need to remember that their faith won't be built by us telling them what to do. It is built when they are doing it and passing it on. So first, we cannot neglect capturing their attention because there are many voices, many distractions, many things that are trying to capture their attention today. We need to let them know that there is something better and that is God. The second thing is to fire the imagination 
to help them see what the kingdom and the glory and the power of God look like. The third thing is to redirect their enthusiasm, redirect their efforts. You know, you don't have to babysit them. Get them to walk with God. Get them to pass on their faith. Fourthly, the fourth and hardest thing is we must do is to build their foundation. There's no greater foundation than the Word of God. Get them into the Word. Because once they are into the Word, the Word of God will inspire their faith. And that's why even at YM, we'll be joining together with the larger church here in Wesley as we're going to study the book of 1 Corinthians together as well. You know, we hope as we study the Word together as a church, it will help shape their foundation of who God is. So this is how they will be able to rise up and be disciple-makers as well. You know what Pastor Emma Chan said is so true? We need to pass on what we experience of God. We need to invest, we need to model our lives, what it takes to live a life that brings glory to God. So friends, will you be a Paul who invests in a Timothy today? Will you be a Paul who spend time to model your life to a Timothy around you? Because I believe that is the key to lifelong discipleship. At this point, I want to encourage all of us to prayerfully consider how you too can play an important part, important role in partnering and nurturing this next generation together with us. You know, if you feel led to serve with us, at this point, I'd like to encourage you also to you know, scan this QR code or indicate your interest on in how you can serve along with us. You know, as a pastor overseeing our next generation ministries, I'm making this plea to the entire church. You know, we are really in need of more laborers, more volunteers to serve across all our next-gen ministries. You know, because of a lack of volunteers, the ratio of our leader to youth are actually not ideal. You know, I just heard, you know, every year we have incoming youths coming from between to YM. And because there are so many new youths coming in, the group size are about 30 plus per youth small group. You know, 30 plus is not a small group. Because we have not enough leaders, if we have more leaders, we can split the groups to, a lot, to be a lot more smaller. You know, we are doing our best to raise as many youth leaders as possible. But we know, you know Wesley is a very big church. You know, we have many other people who, you know, who can really be, play this important role to invest in this next generation. So after this service, I'd like to encourage you, you know, go to our wine booth at the atrium. You know, if you're not sure of how you can serve and talk to any of our leaders and staff there, and they can share with you more on how you can be part of this transformational work here in Wesley. You know, before I close, I'd like to share about that mission trip I had in Nepal again. You know, at the end of two weeks, you know, after a very long and hard manual labor of mixing sand and cement, you know, carrying bricks after bricks, no, we only managed to lay the foundation of that church extension. You know, sometimes, that's what discipleship really is. We are just laying that foundation for the next person to build on. Sometimes all it takes is laying that one brick at a time. You know, after we ended that mission trip, we got back to Singapore. About a month later, we had some updates of that church extension. You know, this is a photo of that church extension halfway done. You know, you can see discipleship. It takes time. It takes effort. You know, we may not see the fruits of our labor. But picture this with me. Every small act of service, every small act of loving someone, every little encouragement we make to the next generation, 
It may seem small, but God's kingdom is being built in the process in someone's life. In the end, in God's time, in God's season, we then begin to see the fruits of our labor. So even though we did not see the end product of the church when we were there, you know, a few months later, we received another photo from the missionary there. You know, this is the complete picture of that church extension. So friends, all we need is to just take that first step. Whatever life stage we may be in, we can do our part in laying the foundations for lifelong discipleship. It is our responsibility to invest in the life of others. I know I shared this before and I'd like to share again. You know, wherever I imagine an intergeneration church in Wesley flourishing together, you know, I can imagine our seniors sharing their lives, even to the middle-aged adults. The middle-aged adults are mentoring our young adults. Our young adults are leading our youths, the tweens. And even some of our youths and tweens can be that big brother and sister to the younger children in our church. You know, I had a glimpse of that at our recent Wesley Church camp. You know, it was quite heartening to see the discipleship moments taking place even among our young. You know, I saw the primary kids you know, following our youths around the church camp. You know, imagine if every single one of us today embraced that mandate to be a disciple maker. Imagine the impact we can make in God's kingdom in the world today. So let us lay the foundations for lifelong discipleship by creating opportunities for our young to encounter God, by modeling our faith to the young, and by investing in the next generation. Come, let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for giving us this wonderful privilege to play a part in your kingdom mandate to be your disciple-makers. I pray for all of us here, including myself, that as we avail ourselves to be used by you, whether we are young or old, will you use each of us to create opportunities for others among us to encounter you? Will you empower us with your spirit so that we can model our lives by our speech, by our conduct, by our love for others, by our faith in you and in the purity of our life? Will you lead us to people that you want us to start investing in as we do our part in laying the foundations for lifelong discipleship? So we surrender ourselves to you once again. Enable us to live a life that brings all glory to you and you alone. In Jesus' most powerful name we pray. Amen.